Podcast. I am one of the few people who think the Patriots are actually going to be really good this year. Let's go! Oh, God. It's me. It's Kevin Wilder. Shocker! Surprise! All right, welcome to the latest R Bill Simmons podcast. And this is a solo pod with your host, Tribe, talking sports media, a massive story, Pat McAfee versus ESPN's Norby Williamson. So if you like this kind of content, you find sports media fascinating, stick around. But if you're more on the speed of liking this podcast with guests, feel free to turn this off. We'll be back with a, a typical RBS pod in the near future. So for those sticking around, this sports media story took the internet by storm. Everybody was tweeting about it. Everybody talking about it. Pat McAfee doing what was once the unthinkable, calling out ESPN's Norby Williamson by name for sabotaging his show while on ESPN airwaves. Absolutely wild story. So how I'm going to break this down is first... Why is Pat McAfee even at ESPN? Second, who is Norby Williamson? Third, what led to this particular situation where Pat thinks Norby is sabotaging a show? And then fourth, what other ESPN and specifically former ESPN personalities have had run-ins and haven't had good things to say about Norby? Norby. It's a long list, and it includes Bill Simmons, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, Katie Nolan. It includes Dan Lebetard. It's a lot of people who haven't been that happy with Norbert Williamson. Kenny Maine, another guy. So we're going to get into all of that. So let's first start here. Why is Pat McAfee even on ESPN? So everybody knows Pat McAfee. He's got, you know, love him or hate him. His show does a lot of big numbers on YouTube. It's grown a pretty robust audience. There's not many people like him that could command I believe it's a five-year, $85 million deal with ESPN. So ESPN clearly saw something in Pat. But why did ESPN even feel the need to take on McAfee and take the risk on? Well, it's because ESPN has to play a little higher risk, higher reward type of game these days. Let's go back to the 2010s. ESPN riding high. It's in every single cable TV bundle. There's 100 million subscribers. They're at least staying flat, if not adding subscribers every year. And so ESPN, by proxy of uh, increasing advertising revenue and increasing the payment for the ESPN suite of channels, they're growing revenue 10, 12, maybe even 15% a year in the 2010s. And it's why something like a Grantland could be run at ESPN or why you could have a 30 for 30 is ESPN's printing cash. Well, what's happening in 2024 now? ESPN revenue is at a standstill. And it's because the number of cord cutters per year 
is seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10% on ESPN's channels. So every person that has called a YouTube TV subscription, a Comcast video subscription, Direct TV, probably out of their bill, 15 to maybe $20 of that is going to Disney and most of that's ESPN. And so every time somebody drops uh, the cord, cuts the bundle, ESPN loses a chunk of revenue. And so typically with the, the cord cutting being that 7% plus, ESPN goes from great revenue growth to basically flat revenue growth. And that's been the financials. On the flip side, what are the expenses? It's sports rights. Sports rights, as everybody has known for years, keep going up in perpetuity. Now, that might change eventually, but it hasn't changed yet. And so as the costs for ESPN keep going up because they keep having to buy these expensive sports rights, the revenue is flat. And what does that mean? The profits are going down. And as the profits are going down, that's one of the worst businesses to be working at because it means job cuts at all times of the year, day, week. I mean, we've how many stories have we seen over the past seven years, call it, where, or as Bill Simmons would say, the last three quarters decade of ESPN job cuts? It's one after another. It's a big time anchors that now are gone or they're making a lot less than they used to be. Why is Jalen Rose gone from ESPN uh, and uh, NBA and ESPN, for example? So why bring in Pat McAfee? Well, it's because that's a risk to grow kind of the online, maybe ESPN plus audience, the streaming. It's, it's a way to attempt to grow ESPN beyond simply buying games and renting the games. So what was interesting, and now we can transition to who is Norby Williamson. Norby is a very high up executive at ESPN. And the reports are that he disagreed with the higher-ups to do the Pat McAfee deal. He didn't like it. The higher-ups, Jimmy Pitaro, who runs ESPN, liked it, has a relationship with Pat McAfee. And what this did for Norby is he oversees SportsCenter. So this cut out an hour of SportsCenter. So that's not great. If you're in these high-up positions, you like having your own turf, and you're always trying to expand your turf and now that turf expansion was cut because Norby has an hour less of Sports Center. But let's let's actually talk about who Norby Williamson is. And I'm taking this from ESPN's website. Williamson's current role is executive editor and head of event and studio production. So that's pretty big. That was expanded in June of 2023 to include oversight of all of ESPN's football content, including NFL college football and sec network he continues oversight of production of sports including baseball nhl ufc boxing tennis and golf okay that's pretty substantial let's let's go on williamson's responsibilities also include oversight of sports center e60 espn radio um news gathering multimedia sponsorship integration and he's done that since 2017 so that's a lot and i think What's, what's the key here? The key here is that what doesn't fall under that is the Pat McAfee show. So for Norby, on one hand, you could say he didn't like Pat McAfee because it wouldn't be it, – it wasn't a decision that 
would be beneficial to him and his power at ESPN. But the other way you could look look at it is maybe there's a philosophical difference between Norby and some of the ESPN people who Norby would say, hey, why are we even trying to expand this online community? What are we doing that for? Let's just grow with the sports rights and do another hour of sports center during the day. It's not like it's going to cost us anything more, really, because we're paying the anchors the same amount. They just do one additional hour of sports center rather than doing this Pat McAfee deal. So there, there's a couple of potential reasons why Norby would be looking to potentially sabotage the show as Pat McAfee suggests. Okay. Also important for later, we have in 2012, Williamson began a new role as executive VP. He oversees all rights negotiations and managing relationships with rights holders for all ESPN entities. Okay, that's a lot. And then we've got 24 team named exec VP, production and program scheduling and development splitting responsibilities between the management of the many production areas and oversight of programming functions, such as all rights negotiations, managing relationships with rights holders and scheduling of ESPN's networks. So this is the kind of guy who wants to, and well, wants to is right, but this is a guy who has moved up the ranks and now he is a very powerful person at ESPN. Some would say he's the number three person at ESPN. So Pat McAfee calling out the number three person and ESPN, that is a, that's a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. Okay. So why did he do this call out? So we have a story that drops Thursday, I believe, from Andrew Marshand. Now, I've talked about Marshand a lot on this podcast. He is the number one sports media reporter out there. He previously had a podcast, still does, but without a co-host for now, the Marshand and Oren Sports Media Podcast. Best sports media podcast in the game. So if you like these ones, I always recommend people check that podcast out. I listen to that podcast more than any other podcast, even the Bill Simmons podcast or anything else. Love that. And he is always breaking news. He he breaks the news that the he always breaks the ESPN job cuts. He breaks when Jeff Van Gundy and Jalen Rose are off of ESPN. He does a lot of this stuff. And what's interesting is what we have here from Alex Sherman from CNBC is that he says people have suspected that Norby has been the one leaking for years and years now, which is very interesting. So basically for years, this is quoting Alex Sherman's tweet, for years ESPN talent has privately speculated Williamson leaks details about contracts and other info to reporters, particularly Marchand. ESPN is well aware of the speculation has been for a long time. And this is not only Alex Sherman saying this. I think there's a lot of speculation about this from a variety of sources like sports TV ratings, for example, had this as well. And what's so fascinating about this is we can see how Norby is potentially leaking to gain power. And this now transitions to the number four topic of he's had run-ins with people before. So, Let's let's bring in Bill Simmons into the mix. Bill Simmons called him the little finger of ESPN. And now for people who didn't watch Game of Thrones that aren't familiar with that, 
that basically me means a manipulator behind the scenes. Okay. So there is a piece from Deadspin in 2014 where Bill Simmons said Nori Williamson, whom Simmons has likened in private to the Godfather's traitor, Salvatore Tessio. Okay. Interesting. And Simmons in that one also said, well, Deadspin said there was a Simmons quote nemesis, but basically the, the phrasing here is that there was a joke that Bill made that got sent to Norby eventually. And Simmons said the attention from Norby Williamson led to stricter standards for his podcast after that, which for all we know, Norby Williamson could be the guy that made Bill Simmons have the disclaimer that this is a mature conversation uh, before the BS report. Interestingly enough. So Norm Norby is potentially, and what, what McAfee is getting at is Norby has a history of leaking to coalesce power and to, to benefit himself. He strategically leaks to reporters and this is nothing new. Let's step outside for a second of sports media and let's go to media and politics for a second. Why are people leaking things? I, I give an example of, a couple weeks ago, we heard David Zaslav, uh, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, and Bob Backish, the CEO of Paramount, met for lunch. And they were believing to be thinking about a Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount merger. Well, why was that leaked? Because the deal hasn't happened yet, and now other, other reporters are saying it's not even close. Well, Paramount could be leaking it to say, hey, we're open for business. We want to be bought. So whether it's, uh, I think, Skydance, whether it's Warner Brothers Discovery, or whether it even could be NBC, we're out there. We want to be bought. We're, we're, we, we want somebody to bid on us. And for Warner Brothers Discovery, why did they want that out there? Well, Warner Brothers Discovery has been linked to NBC for a while. I think NBC has said before that they were interested in buying Warner Brothers, or they were, they were interested in buying Time Warner um, or Warner Media, I guess, from AT&T. Um, when it was still with AT&T and they didn't do that. Famously, remember, there was a bidding war between Fox or not. There was a bidding war for the Fox assets that Disney bought between um, Disney and Comcast. And this is why FX is now owned by Disney and Hulu, the Hulu stake uh, Disney received. So why Disney controls Hulu used to be a joint venture between a bunch of companies. So and, and that's not the point. But the point here is, Media companies and companies of all kinds strategically leak to get points across. Now, of course, does this happen in politics? Absolutely. And if if we can remember, we're in 2024 now, but go back to the Trump years, this was a huge deal. I mean, there was there was a ton of leaks from the Trump administration, and Trump specifically called these out and wasn't happy about it. And what what a leak does is it sets a narrative. And sometimes the leaks are totally factually accurate, and, and in which case, the annoying part is that you don't want those facts coming to light, or sometimes leakers can leak inaccurate information, but once that information is widely disseminated, the damage is done. And so we can now go back to what did Norby Williamson do? Potentially, this is what Pat McAfee is saying. So Pat McAfee essentially stated that he believes Norby Williamson who would be one of the only people to have information about the ratings for his show, strategically leaked that information to Andrew Marchand 
of the New York Post. And Marshand had an article coming out on Thursday that said, hey, Pat McAfee's ratings aren't so hot. And for the trouble that Pat McAfee is causing them, maybe he's not worth it. Adding some context to the story, Marshand and Pat McAfee aren't very happy with each other, or at least McAfee isn't happy because McAfee called out Marshand for coming up with the narrative about how Aaron Rodgers was getting paid. So, right. So Marshand has this, has this story out a couple months ago. I think it was that Aaron Rodgers is getting paid over a million dollars by McAfee. Then if you watched the McAfee response to that, he said, it's not a million dollars and it is at least it's not a million dollars a year. And the reason McAfee did it is because he grew this business from nothing to a hundred million plus. And so one of the people that gate, one of the people that very much helped McAfee was Rogers. And so he gives back to Rogers kind of a nice bonus, but obviously Rogers doesn't need it. He makes how much $50 million a year, whatever. So McAfee hasn't been happy with Martian in the past about narratives. And so it happened again. Now also, who knows if maybe Norby also leaked that information to Marshand back then. It's possible. So now let's get into let's let's bring in the the other the big names here that have had issues with Norby and how this connects. Because Pat McAfee calling out Norby by name, that's a fucking bombshell. That is incredible, especially doing it on ESPN's own airwaves. Because if you recall, they said a few minutes ago, Bill Simmons did this, but he called out Norby behind the scenes. He never came out, I don't believe, on his podcast, Wallet ESPN, and said, you know, screw Norby, basically. So the equivalent, let's say what Bill Simmons was saying was right when when Bill Simmons had to have a disclaimer in his podcast because a joke <clears throat> that Bill told got to Norby and Norby said, yeah, you need to put this on. So the equivalent of what Pat McAfee did would be Bill Simmons on the BS report in 2009, calling out Norby Williamson by name. I don't think that would have happened. And if it did happen, I think Bill Simmons could have been suspended for it, which is why it's so interesting that now it looks like the, the tables have turned here a bit. And McAfee, there's two, there's two reasons why McAfee might actually work out here versus Simmons and some other people is that, McAfee is in a very strong position relative to ESPN now because back in the 2010s, when Norby presumably had a lot of run-ins with people, ESPN was in a much stronger position than it is now. And McAfee feels like he's in a very strong position because he can go somewhere else with the show. He's has this $85 million contract and he built something from scratch and he could potentially do it again. So we have these perfect confluence events of someone bold enough to take on Norby Williamson Who's and and Pat's had it with him sabotaging a show in his words. And then for the, the best possible interpretation from Norby's perspective, if he did leak these, is Norby is saying, I don't think Pat's the right guy. We should just have another hour of Sports Center that's going to be better for ESPN. And I'm using my strategic leaks to try to kind of get McAfee out. Okay. So let's get into what else Norby has done with talent. Okay. We've got, in 2018, this is an awful announcing tweet, Michael Smith said the Sports Center 6, remember the 6, the Sports Center, 
Sports Center Six changes around the time Norby Williamson took over oversight of the show included reduced on-air analysis and back-and-forth discussion between Smith and Jamel Hill. And Smith wondered, how does that make sense? Um, a quote from him is said, it was strictly just live shots and analysts. That's what pissed me off so much. I was like, wait a second. You acknowledge that one of the strengths we have going for us is a show is Michael and Jamel's chemistry, but Michael and Jamel don't fucking talk to each other. How does that make sense? That's Michael Smith after Norby took over. So we get another one, another one on this, the six. And this is from a Hollywood Reporter article. When Jamel Hill, who became a lightning rod with critics, dubbing the show Woke Center, left in February, this is from 2018, I think, Norby Williamson, ESPN's executive VP and executive editor of sports studio production, quipped in front of a room full of people, one down, one to go, meaning that Smith would, would be next. And now we have Jamel Hill comes out. Now, Jamel Hill, again, this it's the same thing as McAfee. Love, or, love Jamel or hate Jamel, love Pat or hate Pat. This is why this, this sports media story is getting a lot, of, a lot of press. Because Awful Announcing has the tweet up that says, Pat McAfee, and the quote, These, there are folks actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy attempting to sabotage our program. Jamel Hill quote tweet, I can relate. Boom. Okay. And again, it's what is bringing together Jamel Hill and Pat McAfee? Because they're probably on the opposite ends of most things. So the fact that one man through his potentially evil deeds or whatever you want to call it is bringing together Jamel and Pat McAfee. That's incredible. Okay. Here's another one. Jody... Avergan, I think he's a, just a media guy. He says, My somewhat informed sense is that the list of people who had butted heads with Norby Williams in over the last 10 years is basically the same as the list of interesting personalities who have left ESPN over the last 10 years. Let's see how this plays out. Again, quote tweeting, this time it was a front office sports tweet. And this makes sense because this is Bill Simmons. This is Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. This is Dan Lebetard. And who else? This is potentially even Katie Nolan. Because Katie Nolan retweeted that tweet. Now, I looked later and I saw that she hadn't retweeted it after. So it might have been a, a quick thing. And oh, no, I don't want to get involved. But a, an R. Bill Simmons podcast listener screenshotted that and sent it to me and said, whoa, what do we got here? And I saw that about 40 minutes after he had sent it or she had sent it, the listener. That's probably a he. We have 92% of our listeners are, are male. But, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a she. No, I think it was a he. But um, he sent that to me. And, wow, okay. So Katie Nolan, who was at ESPN and then later left, and is saying this thing. So he, here's what I think we have. I think we have two things. I think we – I think we can – let's just assume as a matter of fact that Norby did this. Norby leaked these stories about Norby coalescing power are correct. Again, the, the interpretation from Norby is that he probably thinks, look, why ruin a good thing and a good brand with ESPN? ESPN's brand is sports production, sports games, sports highlights, sports center, right? ESPN is Sports Center. Norby oversees Sports Center. 
I want analysis. From Norby's perspective, he's probably saying, why are we taking risks with very high-paid personalities that can get too big for the brand and set us back? And I would I would even argue this probably happened with Tucker Carlson at Fox News. And maybe the same thing as Glenn Beck. And I think Bill O'Reilly was was a sexual harassment thing or something, but maybe even him. It's when someone gets too big for the brand, often the company says, Well, why are you even here? You know, go go out somewhere else. And so maybe that's what's happening with Norby, is he's going, like, what's the financial benefit for Pat McAfee, we're spending $85 million on him, so we're getting we're spending a lot. Are we getting the financial impact? Bill Simmons, by the end of his career, this guy was spending – this guy was making $5 million plus a year. Okay, was he – what kind of revenue was he generating for ESPN at that time? Was it over $5 million? We don't know. Um, another thing, we got um, – I think the same thing with Katie Nolan. Okay, Katie Nolan, we're, we're, we're bringing her on, and she's doing – a late night show for us is that show bringing in viewers is it bringing in money how much are we paying her we don't know right so so there's all these things that are that are coalescing here and norby same thing with with sports under the six i think because i think originally michael smith and jamel hill did numbers never lie or something and then because they had good chemistry they were brought to sports center and Maybe the same thing happened because I remember reading about that story and there were leaks about what the ratings were. So was Norby Williamson leaking to Andrew Marchand seven years ago about bad ratings for the show to set a narrative? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So Norby has always taken the approach. Again, if these things are right, I'm not saying they are, but assuming they're right, he's always taken the approach that He'd rather have more straight down the middle analysis and to be fair, also cheaper rather than deal with these more expensive personalities that are higher risk and in Norby's view, Norby's view, not necessarily higher reward. And so what Norby does is, okay, Pat McAfee's brought in. According to reports, he didn't want him to be brought in. So what does Norby try to do? He tries to sabotage from within. He says, you know what? I lost I lost the battle against McAfee, but I want to win the war. So I lost the battle. He's here at ESPN, but I want to win that fucking war. I want McAfee out, and I want more power for me, which is another hour sports center again. And look, historically, it appears like Norby has always won these things. It really does. It appears like, you know, look, just look at the facts. Who is out? Bill Simmons is out. Dan Levitard is out. Uh, we've got Katie Nolan out. We've got Jamel Hill out. All these people are out. And you go, oh, that's interesting, right? Because you would think maybe one interesting person, if we're using that that Jody guy's tweet, you would think one person would stay. But no, everybody's out. And then you also have this guy. You get Dave Portnoy, who – Dave Portnoy, I think Pat McAfee left Barstool a few years ago. Dave Portnoy certainly isn't on the same side as Jamel Hill or Katie Nolan or Bill Simmons. And he comes out essentially kind of, again, these people are all being anti-Norby, not pro-Pat, but but they're probably liking what Pat is doing because Dave Portnoy says this dude couldn't look more like a Norby, Norby 
if his life depended on it. Even if he's innocent, he's death guilty. Look at this Norby. So I think what you have is you've got a lot of people out there that have been burned by Norby in the past going, wow, I, I fucking love that somebody is taking this guy on head on because he fucked me from behind the scenes before. And these people, they may not love Pat McAfee. They may not like his show. I got to tell you, I, I was actually shocked that the Bill Simmons subreddit was so anti-Pat McAfee. I didn't know. I didn't know people had strong views about it. I don't really consume the show that much. So I didn't know people were, were very anti the show. But clearly the show is doing enough numbers where, again, Pat signed this $85 million deal with ESPN. So it's, it's big because you wouldn't get that deal if, if it wasn't. And Bill, and Bill Simmons hates Pat McAfee. So maybe that's a good place to end it here is do we think that Bill Simmons is going to comment on this? Because Bill Simmons has had his run-ins with Norby Williamson before, presumably, because otherwise he wouldn't have had those statements. And that's what I think we need to look for now is do we get a tweet from Bill? Do we get a, a, a snarky remark on the podcast? Do we get something? And it, it's basically like who who does Bill dislike more? Does he dislike Pat McAfee more or does he dislike Norby more? And I'm going to guess he dislikes Norby more. So I think I would not be surprised if we soon see a shot from Bill at Norby. And that would be really funny to see. So I'll end it there. This was fun. If you like this pod, I've got a lot of other sports media podcasts out there. Uh, so check those out. And then beyond that. I will be in with a another podcast shortly. A lot of great stuff from before. So uh, cheers, everybody. We'll see you the next episode.